It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, you know, Rich, I've said so many times that life is moving so fast, so very, very fast, and I have been likening it to getting old. The older you get, the faster time moves. But my word, since we've been on the air now, look at what's happening in Florida right now. Oh, just this week, just this week, the huge hurricane that came through there. And everybody had to prepare for it, and some didn't. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, um, some of them couldn't, let's Mm -hmm. face it. Some Some of them them did the best they could. And I tell you what, folks, it makes it all the more important. People are homeless right now. Uh, The home that they've had and everything just the way they like it, the memories, the picture books, everything. And now it's gone. And now it's gone. That's how quick things go. So I tell you what, that reminds me about a song that our good friend Carol Robertson recorded some time ago. Listen to this, folks. I don't know about tomorrow I just live from day to day I don't borrow from its sunshine for its skies may turn to gray I don't worry for the future for I know what Jesus said and today I'll walk beside him For he knows what is ahead Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand But I know who holds tomorrow And I know who holds my hand I don't know about tomorrow It may bring me poverty But the one who feeds the sparrow Is the one who stands by me And the path that be my potion May be through the flame or flood But his presence goes before me and I'm covered Covered by his blood many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand many things about tomorrow seem to understand but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand yes I know who holds my hand now that's what people can really depend on 
you want to depend on something, if you want to really know what to count on, folks, uh, that song, that song really had the message in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, do you remember Doris Acres? Of course. I mean, it kind of fits with the tone of the program, well, well, I feel. Any complete story listener should be very familiar <laughs> with Doris Akers. Oh, man, I loved her music. I loved her music. I loved the message of her life. I loved the way she praised the Lord all of her days that she was alive. And this one fits in with this program just perfectly. Because Doris Akers is here to sing about what she believes. Here it is. I sure do love the Lord, how about you, he's been so good, so many things he's brought me through, when I think about his goodness and how much he loves me. When counting up my blessings, that's the dearest thing to me. I sure do love the Lord. How about you? If not, then you should seek him, then you'd love him too. If we only loved him half as much as he loves us, we would serve him, and in him we would put our trust. And knowing just Life with him affords There's not a doubt I know I sure do love the Lord If we only loved him half as much as he loves us serve him and in him we would put our trust and knowing just what life with him affords there's not a doubt I know I sure do something you can count on, isn't it? That's something you can count on. That's rock solid. Yes, absolutely. And then we're supposed to be a witness. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to tell others because we care about them. If you love the Lord, do you care about your brother and sister? Right, right. In order to tell the good news. Now, Carol Robertson, we love his music also. Our listeners love these songs that we play, Rich. And that makes me happy, because I sure do. Listen to this. As I look around, I see a world that's filled 
with misery and sin. People running everywhere, not knowing where they're going or where they've been. And we all have forgotten the reason that God has put us here. I believe the day when Jesus comes back to this earth is very near. Even the flowers have to die and the leaves have to fall. In the middle of the night, you can hear a little child's fearful call. When people who call themselves Christians can't even get along. Makes me pray for that one day when Jesus comes to claim his very home. One day there'll be righteousness, one day there'll be peace and rest when Jesus comes to make all things new. The world will be in one accord, everyone will serve the Lord, the lion and the lamb will play one day. I'm so glad that all of God's children who are nothing in this life will one day rule the nations and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. So just remember, when you are discouraged, there's coming a brighter day. Even so, come Lord Jesus, I hope, my dear friend, you can pray. One day there'll be righteousness, one day there'll be peace and rest, when Jesus comes to make all things new. The world will be in one accord, everyone will serve the Lord, the lion and the lamb will play. One day, one day. I tell you what, folks, in Florida and people all over uh, the United States of America have relatives in Florida, and they have dear friends in Florida. So everybody is concerned. Everybody is praying. Everybody is just thinking, wow, uh, it's amazing. And um, now, now the cleanup and the pickup and uh, get things set back to where they need to be. Before now, before we get right into the, the meat of the program today, Rich, do you remember the first time or the period of your life when you first heard, I'd rather have Jesus? What a song. Do you remember that at uh, all? I've known that for a long, long time. Uh, and You've known it for like a long time. like with George Beverly Shea. Well, that's exactly right. He did. and uh, But... But I remember when I was a child. I mean, man alive, I'm 89 years old in a few weeks, and I remember this song. So we've got to look up and see who wrote it and everything about it. But I think this would really be a good song to put in this program for what we're doing today. Here it is. I'd rather have Jesus 
than worldly applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. Yes, I'd rather be true to his holy name than to be the king of a vast and be held in sin's dread sway. It seems as though right now the chaos in America is greater than I've ever seen it before. People are being put against people. The black people are being put against the white people. And uh, this group is being put against that group. And uh, it goes on and on and on, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And then the government says, well, look now, if you vote for me in these primary elections, then I'm going to give you something. I'm going to make it all possible for you to have whatever you think you want. Um, and this is what I promise you. Of course, they don't, they don't say they're going to do it. They're going to take it from the people. And so it really, you've got you to gotta pay attention, folks. You've got to think, who am I? What do I honestly believe? And who can I trust to really keep their eye on the ball and do what they promise People always want freedom. They want freedom. They want freedom. But then are they willing to work for it? Are they willing to really, really, really put their their feet on the ground and well, make it happen? Now, Paul Harvey, hmm. Paul Harvey recorded, people say they want freedom, but they're willing to accept chains if the government promises whatever they want. I think this is a good time for us to hear this again. Here it is. We are being tested, you know, you and I, individually and collectively. The test isn't going to be all fun or all easy. But if you'll hear me out, I think you'll agree you wouldn't want it any other way. Our problems are not new ones. What are our problems? Death, war, and taxes. Well, there's nothing new about the first of these, nor about wars. Hot or cold, wars never end. Cain clobbered Abel with about a four-pound club, and men have been fighting ever since. Now then, what makes a nation strong? Taxes? <laughs> There's nothing new about those either. The first income tax was paid by Abraham. It was written on a rock by the hand of divinity and handed to Moses at the top of Mount Sinai. And you might want to remember this. It was at the flat rate of 10%. It promised the wrath of God on anybody who tampered with or violated that law. Christ was born in Bethlehem because Joseph was on his way to pay his taxes. Joseph was a relatively well-to-do landowner of the house and lineage of David. Yet the taxes exacted by Caesar Augustus were so exorbitant that he didn't have enough money left over to employ a trusted messenger for the mission, so though his wife was great with child, he made the journey himself. And Christ was born in Bethlehem because Joseph was on his way to pay his taxes. And Christ was born in a manger because there was a housing shortage when he got there. Our problems are not new. At Runnymede, 
the Magna Carta was handed to King John on the end of a sword denying to royalty the right of unlimited taxation. Yet you know it was for us, the American people, to become the first in recorded history ever voluntarily to surrender our rights to private property? Oh, yes, we did. With an innocent-sounding constitutional amendment, the 16th, which says the Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived. And we forgot to put any limit on the extent to which we could tax ourselves. Conceivably, we could be taxed out of all private property. We could be taxed not 70%, 80%, 90%, but 100%. We could awaken one morning and find that the government owns the farm and the house and the car and has a mortgage on the church, legally. Historically, whenever any nation has taxed its people more than 25% of their national income, initiative was destroyed and that nation was headed for economic eclipse. History says we'll roll forward on momentum for a little while, but we'd better get some more gas in the tank pretty quick. You see, ours is not the first by George good government to arise on the world stage. There have been several. Rome, Spain, and Greece, and China, and each enjoyed about 150 years at its zenith, and then each decayed away. Not one of them was ever destroyed by anybody else's marching legions. Each rotted away, morally, socially, culturally, economically, simultaneously. You know, one of the most cruel paradoxes of history is this. Because each was a good government, it bore bountiful fruit. And when it bore bountiful fruit, the people got fat. And when they got fat, they got lazy. And when they got lazy, they began to want to absolve themselves of personal responsibility and turn over to government to do for them things which traditionally they had been doing for themselves. At first there appears to be nothing wrong asking government to perform some extra service for you, but if you ask government for extra services, government, in order to perform its increasing function, has to get bigger, right? And as government gets bigger, in order to support its increasing size, it has to what? Tax the individual more. So the individual gets littler. And to collect the increased taxes requires more tax collectors, so the government gets bigger, and in order to pay the additional tax collectors, it has to tax the individual more, so the government gets bigger, and the individual gets littler. And the government gets bigger, and the individual gets littler, until the government is all-powerful. The individual is hardly anything at all. The government is all-powerful. The people are cattle. A nation would evolve from a monarchy into an oligarchy, from oligarchy to dictatorship, from dictatorship to bureaucracy, from bureaucracy to pure democracy, where finally the people would cry out from the chaos and confusion of the streets, oh, please, God, give us a king, and God would give them a king, and they'd have a monarchy again and start the whole silly cycle anew. We can continue on the high road that's made our United States the powerhouse of the world, but again, it isn't going to be all fun, but then nothing worthwhile ever is. You see, storms are part of the normal climate of life. I've not promised you a horizon of no work and all ease, all honey and no bees, because storms are a part of the normal climate of life. Sometimes the storm takes the shape of an economic catastrophe or a military holocaust or a prolonged drought or a terrifying flood. But storms are a part of the normal year-in, year-out climate of life. We sometimes think our generation has been especially discriminated against, but in every generation... Young folks have wondered whether they should pursue an education or take the easiest possible way, whether they should enter the professions or not. Young folks have wondered whether they should marry or no. Young marrieds have wondered whether they ought to bring babies into an era of regulation and regimentation. In every hour of history, there have been these questions, the same as we have today, because there have always been storms to test men. Americans of paradise is being prepared somewhere. 
A perfect place, don't you see? We've got to prove here we deserve to be there. And if there were perpetual sunshine, there'd be no victory. So storms are a part of the necessary climate of life. This is the shakedown cruise. Here's where we separate the men from the boys. If you and I conceivably could roll out a plush carpet on which our youngsters could walk off into a problem-free future, don't you see it would not be to their best interests for us to do so. They deserve a crack at this test, too. Storms are a part of the normal climate of life. There's an election going on all the time. The Lord votes for you, the devil votes against you, and you cast the deciding vote. Americans, for some reason, are being especially tested because we have been so richly blessed with the bounteous good things which invite sloth. Storms are a part of the normal climate of life. But what happens to a rooster in a storm? He goes over in a corner of the hen house and gets soaking wet and shivers and shakes and develops, what is it, coccidiosis or pip or one of those things roosters gets and dies. But what happens to an eagle in a storm? He sees the dark clouds. He sees them coming. But did you know this? The eagle, when he sees the dark clouds out there on the horizon, takes off and lets the tremendous storm winds and the vanguard of the turbulence actually help buoy him aloft and help him? I mean the winds, the storm winds themselves are lifting the eagle until finally he is soaring above the storm in the sunshine. That's the answer, American. Storms are a part of the normal climate of life. We've got to learn to ride them. If, however, you do not share my personal conviction concerning this testing time, I mean, if the gravy train running three sections and the factory whistles summoning three shifts are creating too much din for a still small voice to be heard, let us nonetheless, with the conscience of reasonable men, preserve and protect and defend this last great green and precious place on earth against all its enemies, foreign and domestic. So help us God. If only because so many people you never knew have broken their hearts to get it and to keep it for you. Once upon a time there was an old hermit in the hills of Tennessee always used to be able to answer any questions that the youngsters of the community would bring to his hillside cabin. He was a wise old man, but in every community there is one scalawag, one borderline delinquent, one of those always getting himself into trouble, always leading others astray, and there was one such in this community, and one day he gathered his cohorts about him. He says, fellas, I have an idea how we're going to fox that old man up on the mountain. He thinks he's so smart. I'm going to catch me a bird, and I'm going to hold it in my cupped hands. And I'm going up to his cabin, and I'll say, what have I here, old man? He'll guess right, he always does. He'll say it's a bird. But then I'm going to say, is it alive or is it dead? If he says it's dead, I'll let it fly away and prove him wrong. If he says it's alive, before I show it to him, I'll crush it to death. Well, youngsters caught a small bird and went up to the hillside cabin, rapped on the door. The old man came to the door, the lad said, what have I here, old man? The old hermit said, why, it appears to me it's a bird you've caught there, boy. And the lad, glancing at his friends out of the corners of his flashing eyes, said, yes, but is it alive or is it dead? And the wise old man of the mountain said, it is as you will, my son. That is the sum of it, Americans. We have here captured the elusive eagle of individual liberty. Now you can love it and feed it and watch it fly or neglect it and starve it, and it'll die. It is as you will. The future is in your hands. Isn't that something, Rich? That's, you know, that's great. 
Wow. I, I pray that we have mercy, that the Lord yeah. has mercy on us All right, now and listen. grants us grace. I love, I love it when our listeners call in. Oh, and, we have some great listeners. All right, let's hear this. This is Mary in Lincoln, Nebraska. I have three radios with your channels on in my kitchen, in my garage, and in my master bath. <laughs> and so there's always a circle of bot radio everywhere I go. It blesses me tremendously. And I like all your programs, so I can't pick a favorite. <laughs> you guys have a blessed day. Oh, God bless you, Mary. Uh, we have you surrounded uh, with all of your radios. Right, listen, God bless you. Listen, Thank listen you for listening. Gentleman. Hello, my name is Scott. Six years ago, I was homeless on the streets of Fresno, addicted to meth. And by the grace of God, I am a youth pastor now. The Lord has completely washed away all that sin, all that drug abuse. And it's all because of Jesus, I have no doubt. And I thank you for all the programming that you have. I've been listening to you faithfully for five years now. Thank you, Bot Radio, for all the work that you do. Oh, well, thank you thank for you, calling Scott us. And and now, this, the lady was from Lincoln, Nebraska. Yes. And then this gentleman was from Fresno, uh, Fresno California. Listen to this lady. I've called before Gail in the tri-state area of Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska. Rich, absolutely splendid broadcast without your dad every bit as brilliant as his have been. You've brought me to tears. It was just amazing. So thank you very much. Oh, man. Well, well thank you, Gail, yeah. for calling. And oh, that was uh, Senator Langford's pro-life comments that we aired well, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. All right, now here's the gentleman. I got the only job in the world that I get paid to run up and down the highway every day listening to bot radio it just starts at seven o'clock in the morning and goes all day long until i get off of work at five and a half afternoons i appreciate it god bless all of you okay. well thank you sir for listening right. as you're driving your truck our listener comment line number is 1-800-345-2621 we'd love to hear from you too 1-800-345-2621 give right. us a call our time is up now this is dick bot uh, with this chapter the complete story my son, Rich, and we'll see you later.